0: For example, if you had a person who had who was bringing to the workplace family issues, but you were, weren't able to separate that from their actual work performance, mm-hmm. it'd be really hard to assess their capability, right? Because they're you know either helped or hurt by their home life.
1: Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. Today, we are going to dial down on... Capabilities, what it looks like to have a capable team. I know that's fairly obvious, but really there's a definition to it. You've got to know what it is and looking forward to talking about it with you today on the Consultant and the Coach podcast.
0: Welcome to another episode of The Consultant and the Coach. This is Josh with Eric here. Eric, how are you today? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Absolutely well, wonderful. Great. Well, hopefully, uh, everyone out there listening is having a great day. We're here talking today about helping leaders along the journey by helping you maximize your capability and the capability of your teams. So to kick us off today, as we always try to uh, ground what we're doing in Scripture, something more than just our own thoughts, Uh, we're reading from Psalm 139, 13 to 16, again, about capability and maximizing that. Psalm 139 says, "For you were formed, in my, you formed my inward parts; you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works; my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance; in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them." And uh, The reason, that hopefully, that resonates for you about capability is that we can recognize that we are created beings with purpose and and potential, and we are all about, uh, one of the things at least, helping leaders and their teams realize that potential for business and life, um, living out that created purpose to the best of their ability. So, We're going to talk a little bit about that today, some bumps we've seen along the road, and hopefully, as leaders, how you can uh, avoid some of those or learn from our challenges and, and opportunities we've seen along the way. Eric, what uh, tell us something about capability in your world and what uh, comes to mind for you well, when you think about it.
1: When I think capability, I think of, I, I heard a story or a fable uh, a while back. And imagine, like, you see an orchard of apple trees mm-hmm. and there's lots and lots of apple trees and you drive by the orchard and you see it. You see the orchardist just going bonkers. He is mad. He is really, really mad. Mm -hmm. But here's what's weird. He's not yelling at his workers. He's not doing He's yelling at the apples. He's yelling at the apples because they don't look good enough. Mm -hmm. And now I understand sometimes fruit doesn't turn out perfect, but imagine if he were yelling at the apples and there's nothing the apples can do they are what they are mm-hmm. and i think that sometimes what happens in business is we'll yell at apples mm-hmm. there's nothing apples can do the apples have already been mm-hmm. produced mm-hmm. they're out there they're either red or they are not if assuming we're talking a red delicious apple mm-hmm. all the work that goes into the apples and producing a great orchard starts when you plant the tree when you fertilize it when you prune it how all of that goes mm-hmm. and the same is tied into business if we don't understand how there's talent on one side and then there's the cultivation of talent on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're getting into. Uh, not think, I know this is what we get into with capability. There's the talent side, but then there's the cultivation of talent. You either have it or you don't on talent, but then how do we develop that talent?
0: Yeah, well, and, and the timing of this is really fascinating because just this weekend I was at the fair and volunteering and I was making dough for the elephant ears. And you wouldn't believe it, but right next to me, another dad from the school that my kids are part of uh, turns out he's a um, consultant, an mm-hmm. orchard consultant, in particular. He's in grapes, but part of a large firm. And interesting, we were talking about that business a little bit. And one of the things that struck me in what you were just talking about capability is he said you would not believe the amount of. Um, additives they give not just you know but specifically for finishing so to get the fruit to look great in the store actually is part of that cultivation process with all the different nutrients they put in there's a big piece of those nutrients that are specifically designed to make those apples and those grapes and other things perfectly round come out really nice and there's a bunch of work that goes in not to just producing decent fruit but actually making it look really good too. And I think I equate that in business to like the final mile problem, right? How many times can you produce something all the way up till it kind of gets almost to where it's supposed to, but really all the hard work is in finishing the product. Yeah. The very, exactly very right. end of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 and now this, guy, he was sort of, it, he was uh, implying maybe he didn't think that was always the best thing that we were so obsessed in our society about the look of the fruit. And, and there's some certainly validity to that, but I think for our discussion around capability, I think we want to have our leaders don't underestimate how much investment it takes to get your and how much value there is in helping your people and yourself make that Mm -hmm. last inch, that last just little bit of finishing. Um, because there's a lot required to push into that, and then you, the, the output is immensely valuable for the company.
1: It, it is, and it's one of those things, it shouldn't be that way, but it is. It is. It is uh, <clears throat> if I give you two equal apples, mm-hmm. same taste, same everything, but one is beautiful, mm-hmm. and one looks like it's been stepped on, mm-hmm. 99.9% of everyone is going to grab the pretty apple.
0: Or they'll pay you twice as much for it. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it, it the finishing matters. Um, so let's let's talk about, um, you know, capability in our own lives. Let's see where we've seen this and, and maybe some examples of our own work or with our own clients or family or community. Um, you know, I was thinking about this uh, topic for today. one example I was going to share is I remember when I launched out on my own as a consultant, I um, found myself you know, remember feeling very discontented, right? Didn't feel like I was, the fruit of my labor was beautiful or even that sweet or tasty. (laughs) It was, I felt limited by my impact. I felt uh, burdened by the daily grind. I didn't feel like I had control over my working life, wasn't um, producing the fruit that I would want. How come? Right. And what's that? How come? Well, I think for all those reasons, right? It was it wasn't terrible. It wasn't a terrible amount of variety. I didn't have control over my work life. I didn't have um, wasn't working on the intensity of the projects I wanted. Uh, One of the things I've learned about myself since then is that you know, different than most people, I have the desire to one sell myself to you know opportunities and pursue them as well as also have a whole portfolio of projects going on, helping Mm -hmm. a whole portfolio of companies. And having a single job in a single company doesn't lend itself to a lot of that real well. And so it just created a big disconnect between my capability and the actual work I was doing. Um, and, and not leveraging your strengths. And so really when you're, um, trying to assess yourself and and people in your teams, I think it's really trying to understand who they are, what their strengths are, what their experiences are, um, where they're at in their career, where they're going, and then being help helped to align them both to better work they can do today. But then also most people aren't static beings. You put them in the same job you don't they're not going to want to be in that job more than three to five years and maybe they even shouldn't be and so continuing to push them along a curve of growth um is is important as you set up you know your teams
1: and the interesting thing with capability so when we take let's just kind of define capability Uh, another word i i would say of capability is how high is your ceiling or what are your god-given talents and as we look at ourselves as we even look at our the people that we're hiring in our projects, we have to say, how high is this top end? Now, what I've noticed in coaching people and even looking at myself is it's really fascinating. Some people naturally have a really high view of their, their self. I'm like, wow, you think you're a lot better than you actually are. But I also run into other people, I'm like, they think so little of themselves mm-hmm. i'm like you are capable of so much more so when we're looking at capability what is one's talent what what is the, the potential for a business there are a lot of things that come into come into play mm-hmm. and that's what is really really fun about business and and working with others yeah what, what do you notice as you're working with other companies in terms of just the general capability of things?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I always think about it as uh, solving the right problem, right? When you're trying to help people and understand what they're capable of, mm-hmm. I think it's it's really easy to miss, uh, misunderstand. It, it's just really hard to get underneath what the challenges are, right? Like, for example, if you had a person who had who's bringing to the workplace family issues, but you weren't able to separate that from their actual work performance, Mm -hmm. it'd be really hard to assess their capability, right? Because they're, you know, either helped or hurt by their home life, right? They're helped or hurt by a financial situation, or they're helped or hurt by a handicap of some kind, right? And so it's hard to fully assess someone's capability when you're sort of commingling all the factors in their life that may or may not be permanent, Mm -hmm. right? Um. Mental health issues, right? Another oh, one, absolutely. Right? And so, you know, I think it's always trying to figure out where someone is today. What are those influencing factors? And then try to parse out and pull out, okay, well, if, what if I took out these three or four things that maybe aren't permanent? What What's left, right? Mm-hmm. What someone might be capable of.
1: So when I look at capability, I, I, I throw it into a three-part uh, uh, formula. I call it, you know, capability, community, and character and everyone that I look at and every, every, um, is influenced by those three. So, granted, we're talking about capability here, but I've had some amazing people who their top end is off the chart, their character is horrible, and it blows up how high they could have risen to. Mm-hmm. But I'll also see some people their their capabilities off the chart. They have impeccable character, but they then don't have the community mm-hmm. so they can't rise to the level that they could rise if they had all three going at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's but likewise when you get all three working at the same time, oh it's it, people accomplish way more than they really should looking at their talent. I've run into people like you did what how did you do that? I see their talent level, but they're yeah. able to do it because they have all three going at the same time.
0: Well, and I think the other thing that, that that I didn't appreciate early in my career that I now appreciate more, and of course, I'm predisposed to appreciate this more, I suppose, but is the the linkage between capability and experience. And I'd be curious to know your kind of perspective on this. But sort of so what I have found working both with myself, but also with clients, is there there is a there's a level of potential tied to capability. But someone's ceiling also moves a bit based on their experiences, right? In terms mm-hmm. of, oh, absolutely. you know, you, you sort of look at someone, you look at their community, they look at their character, but you look at their lack of experience and you kind of, oh, I can't tell how your ceiling goes, right? And, 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 for my, and I was this way, right? I, I mean, I don't know how, how my ceiling goes, but I, I was in a number of jobs where I had a, a, hopefully good character, pretty good community around me, wasn't very challenged in my roles, wasn't mm-hmm. really pushed that hard, felt like I could always do more. Um, but then once I finally had the experience and the network and the gumption and the, <laughs> the other, the other resources required and to go out on my own, things have been really, really good. I mean, in terms of just finding work, doing dynamic uh, projects, working with great clients, um, and, and I have a number of other people I've worked with similarly, like they sort of, you, you sort of circle around a bunch of jobs at sort of a low to mid-level, it's whatever that means for you, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, once you sort of check all the right boxes from an experience perspective, your ceiling goes up too, you know what I mean? It does. Like, and, and there's something funny about that. I don't know what you, what you think about that as a coach, but I, I've seen that several times.
1: Well, as a, as a coach, I, I would say the biggest thing is, in terms of capability, is what what are we trying to accomplish? So my my number one area is I'm CEO and I lead and I consult with a lot of medical supplies. In in a sense, that's really simple. How many widgets, wheelchairs or oxygen or hospital beds do we deliver? What's our product margin? How is our – that's a very simple capability thing that I'm looking at. But then what I've noticed is most great leaders then try to scale. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see the problems and everything's, you know, you might be really good with one widget, but how are you at 12 or how are you with 24 locations or what happens as you scale in the problems, mm-hmm. the, the problems change. Yeah. And then I see a lot of the character and community issues coming out. So even though we're talking about capability, you'll, you will see certain people, they're great in small groups, mm-hmm. but once you move past 12 employees or 50 employees Everything changes, and my I I was I had a great conversation with my contractor. My contractor has been a contractor for probably fifty years. He works by himself, and just just an amazing handyman. But he was telling me, Eric, it was like ten years ago. I tried to scale, and I hired two employees, and I was working harder, and my profit margin went down. He and he did not make more money. He worked harder and made less because he did not have the ability to raise up team members underneath him. Mm -hmm. He knew his job. He knew exactly how to do it, but he did not have that gift Mm -hmm. of raising other people up. So his capability, hardwood floors, painting, Mm -hmm. remodeling, great, but only in that area, not in developing a leader. So I think sometimes what we think is, well, if someone's great at doing this job, then they should
0: be a manager or a leader. And that's oh, yeah.
1: Not necessarily the case, and you know what I'm talking
0: about. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that happens. I mean, it, that, my background being in the healthcare space, can't tell you how many people I've known who were nurses of some acute care floor and were fantastic nurses and got promoted into nurse manager roles, you know, or physicians and promoted into phys- medical director roles, right? And had absolutely no idea what they were doing. I mean, it, yeah, it was, it's just a st- this disconnect we have between someone's capability for a job and assuming they have that same capability for management, and they're very different jobs, um, and it should be treated very differently. Sometimes it's really not fair because it's the way we do salaries and you know compensation, right? Even fundamentally is tied to more responsibility more money. Well, you may you don't want to reward necessarily your best nurses by making them less productive managers, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, or any company, right?
1: And now, so. So uh, we, we're all familiar with talent and capability. Why is it so hard to scale?
0: Wow, that's a big question. It depends on a lot of things. Um, I think the hardest thing in terms of scale, I would say, in thinking about this, it, it's, it's really about um, your ability to identify and solve problems. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of, if I could put, a, put like a specific point on it, right? And, and that applies to a few things. It applies to your business's ability to identify and solve problems. That ties to like, technology, because technology is is supposed to allow you to scale faster because of your ability then to more efficiently address and solve problems uh, in the market. Uh, At the same time, leaders, um, to your point, addressing and solving problems in the business, hiring people then who can address and solve problems under them. And and so really it becomes just a problem identification and and solving issue in in my mind. Okay, so
1: I'm going to throw a problem at you. Okay. And... Um, be nice because it's me. I have the gift for better or worse. I can look at something and find all the problems. God's gifted me in this area. And then I will look at something. I will see that it's broken and I will see how to fix it. And then I explain it to some people, not all the time. I've gotten a lot better Mm -hmm. and the message does not get through. Yeah. So if you were to be consulting to a CEO, like I, like myself, and you come to my organization, Hey, Eric, um, Okay, you have a problem here. You figured out the answer, but it's still not working. Yeah. What are you going to how are you going to consult with me? What what do we do in in a situation like that? Yeah. Cuz high-end leaders sometimes they know the answer. Right. But right. it's just for some reason not clicking and the positives not going to the negative, the negative's not going to the positive. The that that electronic um, it's just not working. How do you fix it?
0: Yeah, I mean, that could be a lot of things, right? So it's, it's impossible to say in that short description. But I'll give you a few examples off the top of my head um, since you're putting me on the spot. Um, I would say the first thing is looking at the individual and what what are they identifying as problems and are they the fruit or are they the actual roots, mm-hmm. right? And so oh, they talk good. about a lot of problems of whether, again, are you talking about the fact that you don't like that your quarterly earnings are off or are you talking about the fact that your hiring process and your HR function and da-da-da-da is a problem? So that's the first thing. What are the problems and what are those really fruit or not? Two... Um, how has that leader then looked at themselves to figure out their role in those problems and address themselves and how are they surrounding themselves with the right support back to the character community capability piece, Mm -hmm. right? Are they taking an active ownership role in their own problem? So first right problem. Second, what's their role in the problem? Third, then, you know, let's, let's assess communication, communication style, including both the CEO and their team, right? So, the CEO might, um, wouldn't say you do this, but might be a particularly aggressive personality, and their communication style of the problems might be a bit challenging for less um, aggressive personalities to intake. <laughs> oh, that's t- totally <laughs> right? true. So that's third. I would say communication style is three. Fourth would be people. Like, mm-hmm. do you have the right people who can then hear? That information, it, it, once you've sort of addressed the communication style, and then go actually do something with it, right? So there's, there's a whole sort of cascade of starting with all of, you know, from the problem to the person, to their communication, to the people they're communicating with. Um, and, and once you've dug into those, if you, yeah, certainly we could find the problem pretty quick. You, usually,
1: and you're right. And I, I think as, as, as we say, why, um, one of the things, why does this happen? I think the reason it happens is there are so many variables in the equation. Mm-hmm. And a modern day example, let's look at the weather. All the weather balloons we have and all the technology. And even tomorrow, we think we know what the weather's going to be. Mm-hmm. There's still a degree of variable to it. You would think 2021, we should be able to know at the exact minute it's going to rain, how hot, how cold. And we're still not there yeah. yet and that is with all the data in the world and with our businesses it's a lot like trying to predict the weather we have a general idea of where things are going but there's still a general climate so it's really easy for me to look at a business and say hey the climate or culture of that business is very very healthy i know we're going into the winter it's going to be cold the summer tends to be warmer but i can't tell you the exact amount whereas with businesses that I consult with and coach with, I can say, Hey, we are trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I know where it's at, but there's always going to be a degree of variable to it. And now we, we shouldn't use that as an excuse, but at the same time, it's helpful to know, Hey, we can make a lot of progress, but there will always be a degree of variability with, uh, Capability or the end result. What does the fruit look like?
0: Yeah, the other thing I would add too to think about for those who are listening is the fact that there's always a big disconnect between the CEO and, or the leader mm-hmm. and their teams in terms of people who are in leadership roles got there for a reason, yes. right? Yes. They tend to be people who are pretty driven, highly capable, think pretty highly of themselves or their abilities at some level of their life, um, might, you know, and not... Every time, but for the most part, tend to be people who were very good at the jobs below them at some point Mm -hmm. or learned how to do them. And I think the big disconnect with CEOs I work with is they they really forget to realize or fail to see the people who work for them may not have their same level of capability. Yes, that CEO might be able to do the job of that person on the front line better than them, Oh yeah, but that CEO can't be the CEO and do that job too. Yeah, right. And that that was, you know, it actually reminds me of stories I heard about former President Barack Obama and the fact that, you know, he sort of with many gifts, but also ego sort of had this like, well, I'm my best speechwriter, I'm my best this, I'm my best that. And and, and I don't know where he's at in his story, but it sounded like at least at the time he was struggling as a high level leader to try to understand how to be this president without trying to take over all the jobs of the people he knew as a highly capable person, one of probably the most capable in the world how to actually be president and not do all these other jobs that he couldn't also do in the same day, Mm -hmm. right? And And I hear that a lot from leaders. I I want to
1: circle back to the scripture that you started. You know, Psalm 139, it says, for you formed my inward parts. And this is God. He's created all of us. Mm -hmm. He made you exactly how he did. He made me. He made everyone else who's listening exactly how they are. And a number... So in high school... I always wanted to break the four-minute mile. I always wanted to do it, and I didn't. Got down to a 4:10, which was fast, but not where I wanted to be. And I just kept analyzing: Why didn't I do it? What did I miss on my training? And I think I, I, I think I could have done it. Hindsight being 2020, but I finally a got injured, b got old. It's never going to happen. And I had to say, you know. If God really wanted me to break the four-minute mile, he would have made me a little faster. He would have made me a little stronger. He would have given me a higher VO2 max top end. And I think sometimes we should do our very best to develop our own capabilities and talents, but Mm -hmm. then at the end of the day, that's why I love the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. And you kind of have to give it up. Mm -hmm. How much can we do at the end of the day whether we finish our day at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, we still have to finish the day and go to bed and say, Lord, thy will be done. I did the best I possibly
0: could. That's right. So let's talk about kind of finishing up here. How would you recommend, what does a leader do with all this information about assessing their capabilities and moving forward? What would you, uh, what's the first thing you'd have them do?
1: Well, from, I'm going to give you the coach's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And from a coach's perspective, I'm going to look at, do they coincide with reality? So if you you tell me, hey, Eric, I want to accomplish this this quarter. This is my two-year goal. This is my five-year goal. I'm going to be pushing really hard into, okay, um, are you prepared to do that? Knowing what the capability, community, as well as character, how all of that comes into play. I'm looking for weak spots. Either, hey, can we short things up or um, what needs to be done to get you there? So I'm I'm looking more on a personal coaching level, as I'm sure you look at different things from a consulting mm-hmm. side. You know, what are you looking at? If I say, well, hey, Josh, I want to accomplish this, and I need your help, come on in here and help me. Yeah,
0: well, first of all, great uh, prelude to next week, reality. Yeah. So there you go. If you're, if you're wondering how you know, check your reality, come back and see us next week, uh, sign up for the podcast. Uh, but then I would say from a, always as a consultant, I'm going back to the strategy of the company pull out the strategy? Have you written it down? Have you dusted it off recently? Are you, do you personally even agree with what you said it was six months ago, 12 months ago, four years ago? Like, (laughs) have you looked at it? What are the capabilities as a business and a resource perspective you need to achieve your goals and how, what's the gap assessment? I mean, how far off are you? Do you have the right people in the organization? Can you afford the right people? Do you need to have a different strategy? Maybe too aggressive. Um, and for the people you have, are they in the right seats? Mm-hmm. Maybe your COO needs to be over human resources. Maybe your human resources officer is capable of a lot more. Maybe you need to put he or she into the CFO role. Who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they're finance guru, and you just didn't know it, and you got to find out. So. Um, it, Moving people around the bus and getting th- folks focus on the right seats in those capabilities or potential for helping you achieve your goals is, is sort of always where I go first, um, working with a company, understanding what they're about and helping them get to the next level.
1: And I love you brought up reality because that's next. Yep, that's and right. everything has to correspond with truth and reality. I can say, mm-hmm. hey, I have the greatest product in the world. Josh, you need to buy it or even if you buy it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Eric, this doesn't work.
0: Mm-hmm
1: we're going to have a problem. I got a story might about that next week. I might sell one or two like that. Yes. <laughs> and I know where you're going with that. And sometimes you're like, it's got to correspond with reality. Yep. But here's the cool thing is when it does, oh my, it's off the chart and it's exciting. When you have an idea, you conceive it, it gives birth and then it goes off and then you're like, okay, great. Let's sell more of these widgets and whatever that looks like.
0: That's great. Well, and that hopefully gives you a little taste of next week uh, where we will, on The Consultant and the Coach, be talking about reality. So come back and we'll continue this conversation. Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us today. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good.
1: Hey, thank you for listening into to The Consultant and the Coach podcast. Hey, if you want to reach out to us, go ahead and go to consultantandthecoach.com and we'd love to continue the discussion with you regarding this. Also, hey, check out Josh's latest blog regarding it. He had some great insights. Until next week, have a wonderful week.